Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Let's get into the word this morning. Are you ready? All right. Come with me into your Bibles and to Matthew 5, 34 through 37. And this is Jesus speaking. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. And this morning, I want to talk to you about some word curses. When we go beyond a simple yes or a simple no, and we start adding nevers, evers, never, ever, evers <laughs> into our words, those are actually beyond from the evil. They are anything beyond this is from the evil one. That's not scary. That just means that when we say never, ever, we make these vows, and the enemy attaches his amen to it. So I'll share a couple never-evers with you, because sometimes they could be really small and seemingly insignificant. Other times they could be really big and make a really big impact on your life. A small never that I have recently overcome is really, really silly. Okay, my friend, two years ago, my friend at work, she bought this stand-up desk. Have you guys seen those? It's like you stand up at your job like this. And I was judging her so hard for that stand-up desk because I thought it looked so ridiculous. I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. You're like standing there doing your work. How are you supposed to talk to people? How, when they come to your office, they just see you standing there. And I was really like, I will never, ever have that stand-up desk. It just is ridiculous. So after two years, I'm sitting at my desk. My back hurts. I'm hunched over, looking at my computer again. There's been moments when I've cried sitting at my desk, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to get one of those stand-up desks. <laughs> so in May, this is a true story, in May, I bought myself a stand-up desk, and it has been the best thing ever. My back doesn't hurt, like I'm having the best time because I got circulation in all parts of my body, and, I, and I'm like living my best life at work. My morale increased like by 98%. I haven't cried, so there's like... When we get over these little nevers, there's always blessing on the other side. And then there's a, this, this is a little bit more serious of a never that I had. So when I was really, really young, my, one of my very first boyfriends, I dated him for two years. Um, we were young, but he was a Marine. And then he turned out to be a dingleberry. And, and we broke up and I vowed, I will never, ever, ever date another Marine, ever. Those guys are jerks. They're conceited, they're stuck up. They eat crayons. They're just not fun people to be around. And I was very serious. And I became very stuck up towards the Marines in my care because I was a corpsman. So I was meant to look after them, but I would tell them to stop crying and go take some Motrin or change their socks. And wouldn't give them a second glance. <laughs> but then, one day, 
this man appears in my clinic. And he screamed Marine Corps from head to toe. He had on his little green shorts. I mean, they're little, huh? Come on. Come on. Come on with those quads, man. The little short green t-shirt on, a big old Marine tattoo on his shoulder. I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> Lord help me. And um, I was very serious about that vow. I, I, I sent him 21 questions that he had to answer. They were ridiculous to make sure that he was the one that I, that I was gonna break my, my vow to. But thank God I did. Thank you, Jesus. I thank God every day for, for Jesse. And I thank God that I broke that vow that I had that was built up out of hurt, out of pain, out of bitterness. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and then with him along my side, I had the best uniform. I was, sa- I was the best looking sailor because he ironed my uniform for me. He would always prepare me for boards. <laughs> so when I would go into these boards where you get judged by these military leaders and they ask you a bunch of questions, he would always prepare me and make me march into the living room. So I would march in there. I- Sailors didn't have anything on me because I had a Marine <laughs> teaching me what to do. What? That's what I did. No, not like that. They would have kicked me out if I looked like that. Okay. <laughs> but anywho, thank you, Jesus. Right? I found blessing and favor on the other side of that silly vow that I had. That was a real vow. It was a vow because my heart was broken. And I want to talk to you about the word never. It is a word curse. Never creates blockages in our hearts and our minds that prevents us from stepping into the unknown, into something different, it is very risky not to be mediocre. And when we make these vows and oaths, we can live a very mediocre life. My beautiful Aunt Sandy, um, she's in her 60s, she made a vow early on that she would never ever fly on an airplane. And to this day, she has never flown on an airplane. And she lives in Plant City, Florida. So the only places she has traveled is where she could reach by a car, which is really sad. God created this whole world, this whole earth for us to travel and explore. But she has limited herself to the confines of her own fear, right? She thinks it's protection, but she's actually living in limitation. So the title of my message this morning is called Escaping Neverland. Neverland, which is the land of vows that we make that isolate ourselves from our God-given potential. Are you with me? All right. So there's three specific areas of vows that I want to talk about that impact the church, that impact the body of Christ. Because these vows we make, we grow up with, and then we bring them into church, and we have the same expectations of the church that we have with those inner vows. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 24, the Apostle Paul says, But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Isn't that beautiful? We should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So when we live in Neverland, it affects the whole body. It affects, we affect each other. The first vow I want to talk to you about today is humans, 
right? Humans, the vows we make against one another. And the vows that we make against one another, we bring into our church with us. And there's three areas, three relational areas that I want to cover this morning. And the first one is family, right? Who knows, growing up, we make vows. Anybody have siblings? Yeah, good. (laughs) Have you ever got into a fight with one of them and said, I'm never forgiving you? Never, ever forgiving you? Yep, good. I like the honest people. (laughs) I'm never forgiving you for that. And I remember I was fighting my older brother, and we were in my aunt's pool. And he was being so mean. And I grabbed the pool cleaner, you know, the little tent or the little, um, yes, the net, the net. And I chucked it at his face, and it hit him right in the nose. And he just started bleeding. But because he was so shocked, that gave me time to run. And I was running, running, running. And he said, I'll never forget you. Because he, he was still in the pool, bleeding. I'm like, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry, big brother. And then on the way to church today, I had to pray for forgiveness from my big brother because he got married on Wednesday and didn't invite me. So I had to pray. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord. I pray, forgive me for all the wrongs I've done to my older brother, for making him feel that I would not accept him in this wedding. Please forgive me for for the, the thoughts I've had towards him in the past, for the way I've behaved towards him in the past. Because that unforgiveness is there, right? Those little kid vows, they don't go away. They just get tucked in. They just get tucked in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then, what about your parents? Anybody in here grow up with perfect parents? Nope. (laughs) I didn't ask that in the first service because Chloe was in here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to look that in the face. (laughs) You put your hand up. Both of them. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) growing up, I grew up in a military home. Um, It was very unstable. We were moving every other day, it seemed like. I went to 13 schools. My mom, um, she did the best that she could, but we did not have a good relationship at all. Um, And I remember when I was 15, and all up until this time, I was always trying to garner her acceptance, garner her love. I just wanted her to love me and accept me, as she did my little, both of my brothers. And um, at this particular moment, I had just been a part of a cheerleading competition, and our team won. We won first place. And I ran up to my mom. I was so excited. And my mom said, oh, that girl over there, she was blonde, really pretty. She looks like a cheerleader. She did a great job. And I took it at that moment, a vow in my heart, that I will never, ever, ever talk to my mom again. And teenage words, right? That's what you say in teenage words. But what I really meant was, I will never open my heart to her again. So I shut my heart down from my mom. And this is very serious. I literally do not remember my mom from 15 to I moved out. She was there. She was around. She ended up leaving me and my dad and my brothers. Um, when I was 17, she just left one day. So I, so she, she, was, she had already done a similar vow, I would assume, because she didn't talk to me during those years either. I would only talk to her if I needed money or if I needed something, barely. I would usually go to my dad. But 
and this went on well into adulthood. <laughs> My Bubba shaking his head. I guess it did. So <laughs> well into adulthood, probably until I was like 38. And then I started kind of easing my way back in, trying to um, just show her how much I love her and how much I had forgiven her. I didn't tell that to her because that's not what she needed to hear. She needed to hear that I loved her. And so it's been a journey, and I still guard my heart towards her. I don't let her into all the bits and pieces just yet because it's a journey. Okay, all right. So we bring these family issues with us into church, right? And then there's another relational um, relation that's interesting is a boss and coworkers. Anyone ever had a bad boss or coworkers that you just didn't like, right? You don't fit well with them. They don't fit well with you. Like it's not a fun environment to be around. Well, for me, I was in the Navy and I was always with dudes, always. I grew up with two brothers. Um, I just happened to always work at places where there were all men. So I thought to myself, well, that must mean I can't work with females. I didn't want to work with females. I didn't want a female boss. I actually made it 15 years into the Navy before I had my first real female boss. And she was crazy. She was so crazy. It It wasn't her fault. But she was crazy. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is exactly why I always said that. She made all of our lives miserable just because she was miserable on the inside. So all of us suffered for it. And I was like, that's why I will never ever be able to work with ladies, work with women. I don't want to be around women. And then I come to this church, and right, we have Cherish Conference every year where we're together with ladies, with the women. And it took me, goodness, seven years, maybe a little bit more before I actually felt a little bit comfortable to be with all the women in Cherish, before I actually started looking at them as allies, not as the enemy, when I stopped comparing myself to them. And when I stop being weird, like girls don't want to do a push-up challenge with you. Like they want to braid your hair and stuff. So, you know, this, like, so you have to open up your heart a little bit. And now I'm wearing matching pajamas with my friends, doing pillow fights. So I would have never dreamt of doing that. That is weird. I wanted to be at a merge with the men, going over obstacles. But no, ladies, that is not how we are built. Let the men do the heavy lifting and come in and get your hearts soaked and be around women who love you. Okay. And that goes into my point about friendship. Listen to this beautiful verse. I love this verse. Proverbs 27.9. It says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Isn't that so pretty? Sorry, dudes. <laughs> Sorry, men. Isn't that pretty? That's a pretty voice. And I'm talking to you too, men. You need a bro hug every now and again. You need some good dudes to be around. So don't check out in this moment. Don't let make your wife be the one that says, hey, are we going to connect group husband? And like you're dragging along because you have to. No, you make the decision. Hey, baby, we're going to connect group. Hey, baby, I'm going to immerse night. Hey, baby, I'm doing, I'm calling up Pastor Jesse and Samuel. We're going out to play some golf or whatever you dudes do. Sounds like golf, is it? <laughs> right? Golf. Lift weights. Eat steak. <laughs> 
<clears throat> but sometimes, right, these inner vows are so deep-seated, they're so in our hearts that they just spring up. And this happened to me at this past Cherish conference, right? I think I'm free. I'm where I'm meant to be. Yay, we're all wearing brightly colored outfits. It's beautiful. The word of the Lord is there. We're experiencing freedom. And I'm standing in the front row, and I look down the line of the front row, and I see all the beautiful campus pastors, all the pastors and all the leaders. And immediately, my thought was, I will never fit in with them. So I had a decision to make, right? Either I agree with that vow, or I say, well, actually, my standard comes from the Lord. I don't measure myself against them. I measure myself from what the Lord has set before me. My God said, I made you uniquely, daughter, uniquely and set apart. They each have their own gift because they're a part of the body of Christ, just as you are. Now be your body part and stop looking down the line and look up. <laughs> so, right? We all have a part. We all, you have a part. You have a part. You all have a part to play in the house of God. You have to be brave to play it. You have to be brave to keep showing up on a Sunday when you don't want to. You have to be brave when you get offended and offended again, or you're coming from a church where you were offended that you poured your heart and spirit and soul into, and now you're coming into a new house. Stay planted. Be brave. Keep the course. Amen? Okay. All right. That takes me into point number two, which is serving. All right, you see a theme here? <laughs> Survey, because we could come in. Okay, then we finally get our feet wet. You know, people are friendly. We're loving life, and we get on a team to serve. And then those old feelings of bosses and people you work with and your family, your brother and sister, all those relational baggage comes up, and you start pitting them on other people around you. Oh, they schedule me three times this month to serve. They're using me. <laughs> and those days, we're not using you, we love you. Just say no. <laughs> say, I've served three times, I'm gonna, soak. I'm gonna soak this one out. That's fine, do it, do it. We love you, we want you to stay here. So don't feel like you have to just become this serving Christian robot on the schedule. You are not, we are building this church together. <clears throat> And because you are in church, you're going to get offended because we are all humans. We all get offended. That's why it's so important to be in a connect group, to have friends, to have community that you just can bounce things off of. Hey, that didn't sit well with me. What do you think? Yeah. Amen. So listen to this verse from Hebrews 13, 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. And I remember this time, <laughs> I have a lot of stories. I remember this time, because I've been at this church for 17 years. I've stuck it out, like the process is true, it's good. So stay with me. <laughs> but there was this moment we were probably only three years into serving. And Jesse and I started serving from the very, very first service. <laughs> They're like, hey, you got teeth? Get on the door and welcome people. <laughs> like, hey, welcome to church. <laughs> so we were serving from the beginning. So we came in serving, which is our heart's desire. It actually worked out well for us to do that because that held us accountable to keep coming back to church. 
And so we were accountable, we were doing it. But at the same time, my heart was like, when you come in this church, the things of your heart start to come up. You got to start filtering out some things, healing over some things. And I remember being so offended at my leader on a Saturday night at youth. And I remember saying, oh, she's never going to understand me. She doesn't get it. She only only has a relationship with me because she wants me to do something. But when it comes to something personal, she doesn't understand and she doesn't get it. And so Sunday, I had made up my mind that I'm leaving this church and I'm going to another church. (laughs) You want to hear the name of the other church? No, it's kidding. It's still here. It's doing good. (laughs) But but I'm just telling you, this is a real story. (laughs) So I already had the church picked out. I was really going to it. And I told Jesse, he really ignored me. So back at this time, we were in the Boys and Girls Club. So the seats were like 18 rows back. So I'm like, I'm sitting on the 18th seat in the back. That's where I was. He wouldn't join me. He's like, nope, I'm sitting in row number two where I belong. So he was not even entertaining my craziness. But on my insides, I'm like, I am leaving on this church. And then Pastor again gets up and it's done. God told me very clearly, um, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Just chill out, and I, I'll take care of you. I'm like, okay. But it was hard. It was hard to chill out and sit there. And it was hard to keep coming and keep chilling out and just sitting through. I let the process happen because it hurts, right? And you think you're all alone in it. You think you're alone in the rejection, alone in the insecurity. But you're not. Please, whatever you do, do not sit alone in it. Thank God for me, I had Jesse that was like, no, we will serve the house of the Lord. And all the times I'm like, Jesse, let's move. Let's go to Japan. Let's go to Florida. He's like, no, and no. I had a long process, everybody. (laughs) Like I'm talking 13 good years of this process, right? Because I had so much baggage coming in to adulthood from my childhood that I didn't have time to process through the military. So it all came out. and as it should in this beautiful house and covering of Jesus. And then, so, to get get my heart being healed again through all this offense, because I thought I dealt with those offenses, but I just kept burying them and burying them until my heart became just a stone of nothing. Like I was numb to everything. So I made a decision to go serve in kids' church because kids' church you're filled, is filled with little people with unconditional love who love you no matter what. You give them candy. They think you're the greatest. And, and I just started slowly filling the cracks of my heart just start opening up, joy coming in, love coming in. And I'm like, so if you are dealing with a church kind of serving offense, This is not a plug for kids' church. This is a serious go to kids' church because you're in charge of these little ones who come in searching for God. They love Jesus with all their hearts, and you can't do anything but help love them back. And your heart heals. It starts to heal. I healed it. I mean, I was in kids' church for a good four years, so it was a process, but thank you, Jesus, for kids' church and for our team over there. All right. And the third one is the Holy Spirit. Did you know that there's churches out there that don't believe in the Holy Spirit? Oh, I know. Isn't that nuts? (laughs) So I can see a little bit why. Because when I was in fifth grade, the Sunday 
school bus came to our neighborhood when I lived on base. I don't know how it was allowed to get on base, but it came on base and it would come to our little cul-de-sac and be like, we have little Debbie cakes. Come on, get on the bus and we'll take you to church. And my parents, they didn't blink an eye. They're like, get on the bus. I'm like, okay. So me and my two brothers, we get on this Sunday school bus and we're eating our Debbie cakes on the way to this church. And when we get to the church, it's a Holy Spirit-filled church. And these ladies had all the kids line up in a line. And then they would um, do two at a time. Two ladies, two ladies, two ladies. All the kids lined up. And when you get to them, they, like, grab you. And then they baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And they want you to speak in tongues. And they're like, speak in tongues. And you're like, oh, I don't know what that is. And it was super (laughs) scary for a fifth grader who has never been to church. And then I didn't start speaking in tongues, and I was just standing there. So they passed me down to the ladies beside them <laughs> to see what they could do with me. And I'm like, ah! So I just remember doing like a weird yelp, like, ah! That was, <laughs> and they're like, you got it, honey! Go back to your seat. Oh my gosh, it was so scary. I was like, I will never, ever go to church again. I didn't, I didn't know there was a difference between Holy Spirit churches or not, but I knew I was not going to church <laughs> again after that. It was so scary. And they made it weird. You cannot force the Holy Spirit on someone. You are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he does his work in you. Amen? Okay. Listen to this. Matthew 28, 18 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I cannot imagine doing life without the Holy Spirit, let alone doing church without the Holy Spirit. If you are out there, part of the Great Commission involves the Holy Spirit because he's the one that gives us authority and power and wisdom and discernment to do the things of God. And don't make it weird. I, I used to be so embarrassed at the beginning when I learned how to speak in tongues. <clears throat> because um, when I got baptized, um, it was at Pastor Jurgen's house. It was at a prayer meeting. Um, I got baptized immediately. I could speak in tongues immediately. And this beautiful woman with good intentions ran up to me. And she's crying her eyeballs out. Don't do it. You don't have to do it. She was so fearful. Filled, and she wasn't Holy Spirit filled, that it, it um, just made her really upset that I was being filled with the Holy Spirit. But she was upset that she didn't, she didn't want me to be scared or to think that it was something that I had to do. So from that time, I was always a little bit, oh, is it the right thing or not the right thing? But I couldn't stop speaking in tongues because it wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit filled in me. And now that beautiful woman and her family, they are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she's living her best good life. Holy Spirit filled. Amen. All right. Okay. Are you ready to learn how to escape out of Neverland? Okay. It is a little bit of a journey. So we're going to journey out of Neverland. And let's talk about first the roots that are attached to the vows that we make, right? So the nevers are attached to unforgiveness, bitter judgments, fear. And I want to talk to you about bitter judgments very quickly because sometimes the vows that we make can seem like really good vows. Like, I'm never going to do drugs, right? 
That seems like a good vow. I'll never do drugs. But for me, growing up, watching my brothers, my cousin, struggle with drugs from the time they were 13 till now, and when I was younger, I would say I would never do drugs. I will never, ever do drugs because I don't want to be like that. So that seemingly good never turned into a bitter judgment. And when we turn things into bitter judgments, we take our eyes off of the thing or the person and we put them on the thing, right? So I couldn't relate to my brother, my heart hardened towards him because of that never, because of that vow. He is not the drug. He is not the thing. He is a person. And if we do that in the house of God, if we have these bitter judgments, oh, I will never look at porn. I will never cheat on my spouse. I would never do this. When the beautiful people come into our house, then how are we gonna minister to them? We wanna minister them out of loving hearts that we understand that we could be grace-filled, merciful, and lead them into the right path. So sometimes don't let those never, those seemingly good nevers turn into bitter judgments. So to escape from Neverland, we gotta do just a couple of things, okay? We have to renounce those vows. Renouncing is a fancy word that means to reject and stop using or to refuse or resign a right. Because the enemy, the devil is very legalistic. Once you make that vow, he has, he has to say to come in. So you have to refuse and you have to resign that right. Devil, you no longer have that right to come in. And then we need to repent. I repent of that mindset. I repent of that judgment. I repent for Lord not letting you come in to heal my heart, to heal the areas that need to be healed and forgiveness. Forgive us, God. Forgive me, Lord, for taking your power into my own hands and not coming to you first and foremost with the areas of my life. And like I said, it could be a journey. You know, when I shared about Cherish, that old thought came up again. So I want you to remember 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Because when those thoughts come up, we have a choice. We have a choice to agree with it or a choice to make it obedient to Christ. And lastly, I want to end with this. When you escape Neverland, you find joy on the other side, gratitude. I don't know how many times I've said, thank you, Jesus, for my husband. Thank you, Jesus, for my stand-up desk. Thank you, Jesus, for my mom. Thank you for my brothers. And I, um, Jesse has been working for the church for 11 years and just going over time with him when I was in the military, I would always say, I can never work for a church. I will never work for our church. And it was a vow out of insecurity and rejection, right? And not fitting in that we've already talked about. And those things were so strong in my heart. I was like, I will never work for our church. And I was coming up to my retirement from the Navy and Jesse's like, hey, you gonna work for the church? I'm like, no. But then there just happened to be a little bit, maybe an opening to come into church that I had to fight for a little bit, which was awkward because I'm very actually mellow. You know, I don't like to get, get in there and fight for things sometimes. And so it was um, very uncomfortable for me, uncomfortable for me to go the church route. But I had this other job that paid double 
that was right in my wheelhouse, that it was automatic leadership with 10 people under me on my way to be a director of a clinic. So that job was ready to go. I had one last interview with them, so I needed to find some business clothes. And at this time, I didn't know where to shop for business clothes. So I called my friend and said, well, help me. I need some slacks. She's like, go to JCPenney's. <laughs> so I went to JCPenney's and I'm standing in the fitting room in this ridiculous outfit that was polyester and it was so uncomfortable. And I started crying because all I could see was myself in this outfit. And I looked like I was playing dress up and like, God, what do you want me to do? Should I do? the job that came easy, or should I try to fight for this other job in the church that is unsure and unsteady? And first of all, God said, listen, no matter what your occupation is, I'm going to be with you. I'm for you. I'm not, I will not forsake you. He said, but if you go with the medical job, your, your calling will be delayed. He said, if you go with the church, your calling will not be delayed because I know the desires of your heart that you don't even know that are to come from stepping into that. So I wouldn't be here today in front of you sharing this word of the Lord if I did not lay down that vow and say, okay, God, if this is what you have for me, then I will step into it. And I thank God every day. I thank Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I did not keep that vow because I've only found blessing on the other side, my calling on the other side, healing of my heart. All those years of just the bitterness and rejection and judgment have been healed very quickly over this past five years because I've been in an environment that allows for the grace and the goodness of God to come in. So if everyone can stand to your feet with me this morning, I wanna pray for us. I wanna pray for two types of people this morning. The first is if you're new to church and you have never heard of Jesus, you have never invited him into your life, into your heart, please let me pray for you today. Or if you have invited Jesus in, but you took back control of your life, you um, took back the things of God and you put your own ways forward again, I want you to let me pray with you this morning. So if you could close your eyes and bow your heads. And if that's you this morning, will you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Oh, I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand up there. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Jesus loves you. Every day we are made new in him. You could do this every single day. Thank you, Jesus. Repeat after me. Church, pray with us this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, that died on the cross so that I could have victory in this life. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace and your mercies. And I pray that you walk with me every day of this life until I meet you in heaven. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Now, I wanna pray for you. If you have made any inner vows, if you have had any of those never ever 
those vows against people, those vows against parents, siblings, maybe against yourself, whatever it is, let us pray this morning so that you could walk out of here on a new road, on a new way to life and to freedom. So if that's you, if you have one of those, I want you to lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you see every hand, that you know every heart, that you see every need. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that you are for us, that who are what could be against us. We thank you, God. We renounce every lie of the enemy. We renounce every word curse that we have put over our lives. We renounce them, we reject them, we resign the rights to them in Jesus' mighty name. And we repent from those things. We repent for taking control of those areas and keeping them within our hearts. We repent for keeping them from you, Lord. And we ask for your forgiveness, God. Forgive us, Lord, for not seeking you first. Forgive us, Lord, for holding on to bitterness, for holding on to fear, control, for holding on to judgments against others. We thank you, God, for restoration in this house. We thank you, Lord, for open hearts. We thank you, God, for open minds. We thank you, Lord, that you will give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear. We thank you, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.